0: Welcome to Dragon Talk. Welcome to Dragon Talk. I am Gratito.
1: I am Gretito. Oh, I am Shelly Mazzanoble. I am playing the water bottle.
0: Musical stylings of Shelly Mazzanoble here on Dragon Talk. We do. The... This is like
1: our stomp version.
0: It's... <laughs> <laughs> Get the trash can lid and the broom. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Is that annoying? Oh, my God. It's Basically, uh, uh, yeah, it's How stopping here. How long
1: have we been in this room? <laughs> like <you> 19 <laughs> days. No
0: food and water. I'm going to start talking
1: to this water bottle like my Wilson. I am a – oh, my God. That's
0: like I'm, the third time Wilson's been mentioned this, like, week for Stop some reason. It. Yeah.
1: The soccer ball Yeah, because
0: I met a guy named Wilson. Uh, hmm. And then uh, I think it was Shauna. Shauna Narciso, uh, art director for D&D, said, like, oh, is he, like – Wilson? <gasps> really? From Castaway. And then I had to apologize that I had never but seen Castaway. I
1: never saw it either.
0: Yeah, me neither. But I guess you know about Wilson.
1: Everybody knows about Wilson. You
0: do. Yeah, it was Everybody a big deal. has a
1: Wilson in their <laughs> life.
0: See, I always go to the Fish song that is like,
1: Wilson. Mm-mm, not a Fish fan. Mm,
0: you're not a Fish head?
1: Went to a big old hippie liberal school, and it was all Fish oh, and all yeah. Grateful Dead Especially and all in Dave that, Matthews. Especially in that, when you
0: went... Especially back in,
1: back in my day, right? Yeah, uh,
0: in uh, 2009 when you were in college, right? <laughs> Minus <is> a few,
1: <laughs> I might have like driven past my old college in 2009. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Ithaca
0: College, making it happen.
1: That's right. I well, love
0: Ithaca, it's gorgeous. Go Bombers. It really is
1: gorgeous, gorgeous. It really is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Beautiful.
0: So, we are here uh, to record this episode of Dragon Talk and to speak to. Someone you may be familiar with, uh, Jerry Holkins. Maybe a little. From
1: Penny Arcade. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Otherwise known as Tycho Brahe.
1: Brahe?
0: Brahe. I, do you pronounce the he in Brahe?
1: I imagine so. Yeah, I think so. I had a bunny named Tycho. Uh,
0: otherwise known as Omendron. He's the got bunny. a lot of aliases. He does have a lot of aliases, mm-hmm. right? We're going to have to so, to challenge him on that. Like, yeah. how many names do you have? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's here to talk to us about a fun new initiative that Penny Arcade is doing uh, uh, with him as dungeon master for a D&D game.
1: That's going to be awesome. Yeah,
0: a lot of fun. He did it uh, before when they did a, a Dark Sun campaign uh, back in the day. Oh, maybe
1: that's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. But okay. uh, he's getting behind the screen again for performance reasons, uh, not just, uh, 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 you know, in his own time. Uh, yeah. So we'll hear all about that and that amazing show. Sounds really excited. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also talk about PAX East, which is coming up this weekend. Very soon. I'm traveling to Boston.
1: This weekend? This
0: weekend is PAX. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Well, that happened fast. Just a couple days, one day from now. Oh. Because we're time traveling. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Uh,
0: so I'm excited to go back to the Northeast. I haven't been in a while. Is it uh, going to be
1: nice? Are you going to have good weather?
0: I don't know. Actually, I think it's supposed to snow.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: I talked to our friends at 360PR who are, who are based in B- in, in Boston yeah. today, uh, uh, and they were like, uh, yeah, I hope you didn't put away your uh, cold weather stuff yet. No. Because it's, it's
1: frigid. R- really? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that should be, that should be Sorry, exciting. Sorry, I'm missing it. But there's going to be a lot of fun stuff happening at PAX East that uh, uh, I'm sure he will be able to tell us a while as well. Okay. Uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal uh, is out in game stores March 24th. Go check it out. Uh, It'll be available widely April 4th. Um, And uh, that'll be exciting. Seven adventures uh, from D&D's past, present, and future. Uh, all re uh, animated and jiggered for fifth edition. Uh, so all the stats and uh, rules are updated. Uh, maps and art all updated. Crazy. It looks really good. So good. What I've seen looks uh, amazing. Love it. Yeah. So. Uh, get into that. It's a great way to get into the older adventures that you may not know about. Uh or as you, in you in the outs or, or or may have never played even. Maybe. Yeah. So it's a way to get into like things like Tomb of Horrors, White Plume Mountain,
1: Very iconic.
0: Hidden Shrine of Tomoachan. Things that like, you know, that have people gamers You've have been talking about,
1: about yep. they've been talking about it for years. For
0: years. Yeah. So now they Now's get to your do chance. it. Now's a chance. Get in there. Uh, but before we get to our interview with Jerry Hawkins, we're going to have a little bit of a segment.
1: A little segment.
0: A little segment. It will involve lore and or sage advice. I am not sure which.
1: But it'll be great. that Whatever. Popular. Whatever.
0: Welcome to another edition of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and today I am joined with, joined with, joined by Matt Cernit. That's me, Matt Cernit, yep. How goes it today? Good. I'm all by my lonesome. I know, right? But just me and Ryan hanging out with you. Well, sure, yeah. But, you know, Chris Perkins, you know, he's yeah. my co-pilot. So he I is. <laughs> you have that, that poster <laughs> up in your in your yeah. cubicle. It's my bumper sticker. <laughs> Perkins is my co-pilot. That's awesome. Well, you know, Chris is out today, but uh, we still wanted to uh, mine your brain for uh, Lord Nuggets uh, about uh, two, well, One adventure uh, that's appearing in Tales from the Yawning Portal, a new product that's coming out uh, March 24th in hobby stores everywhere. Uh, So go check that out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, let's learn about uh, White Plume Mountain, which I'm not sure a lot of people know that much about.
2: Uh, It really depends on where you you come from. So White Plume Mountain was, uh, you know, obviously a first edition adventure, but it was resurrected again, I think, in uh, 3rd and 4th. Fourth, I might be making up fourth. Um, It was certainly resurrected uh, in um, third, and so the the premise of the adventure is 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 pretty cool. Basically, it's this: there are these three uh, super magical items. They're like the most powerful items that anyone knows about, and it's uh, Whelm and uh, Wave. And then
0: um, Black Black Razor. Razor, Right. Right. Black Razor is the one that I I have heard of. And people covet that one.
2: And so uh, whoever is owning these crazy magic items, uh, they all just disappear in one night. And uh, they go looking for them. They can't find them. But everybody has this, who's had this stolen from them, uh, has a scroll from Caraptus. And it's kind of this long uh, poem sort of luring people to come and uh, try and figure out this riddle that Caraptus left for them. And uh, it references the uh, Feathered Mountain, and that's your hint that essentially you're supposed to go and look for a White Plume Mountain, because White Plume Mountain is this volcano that's um, spewing out uh, this um, plume of, of steam, essentially, out of the top, and then there's little bits of steam out of other vents along the way and so on, and then you're supposed to go and find White Plume Mountain and then figure out what's going on and try and find these weapons. And luckily
0: it's one of those very descriptive uh, uh, place names. So yes. Like, so that it's not just like, you know, uh, an unpronounceable name. It's yeah. like, oh, people know what that is because you can see it from miles away.
2: Yeah, and in, and in fact, uh, one of my favorite things about uh, White Plume Mountain is that it uh, sneakily made its way into the television series Legend of the Seeker. Really? <laughs> yes.
0: No way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in Which addition- Legend of the Seeker was about the... S- Susan Cooper. Uh, no, 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 *Legend of the Seeker* is not that. So, what Leg- fantasy story is that by *Legend of the
2: Seeker* is a, a, a series that was. Um, let's see, who's the author behind that? I'm I'm going to totally flake on the name of the author of that because I I know it mostly from the TV series because I'm uh, you know I devour all things fantasy movies and fantasy television, and uh, in the third episode of the series, uh, they go to a map store or. I think it's just a map store for some reason, or they go to a magic item store. But anyways, one of the things that they get is a map, and very clearly on that map is White Plume Mountain and the Barrier Peaks. <laughs> and so somebody in the the prop department or, or the uh, the writing room of that of the Legend of the Seeker was a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons and just sort of slipped those in there. And I think even White Plume Mountain looks a bit like. Uh, the image of it on the, the,
0: the adventure map that's provided with the White Plum Mountain. That's awesome, yeah. all right, cool. So those were, uh, uh, Terry Goodkind was the author. Who there wrote. you go, yeah, yes. Sword of Truth. Uh, which is odd because there, there is a map and a, uh,
2: a yeah, mythos no, associated with those. So it's yeah, like if,
0: if the prop maker, right. you know, there was, yeah. it was a
2: deliberate choice to do that. They also used uh, sort of this runic alphabet that is a, um, it's like, called f- Fark or something? No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> uh give me a second here who uses it um it, it it's uh it's an ancient futhark that's what it is so uh it's basically the ancient runic alphabet of like uh, german frank, frank Viking uh, you know it's just this ancient runic alphabet that 's on a lot of rocks and stuff like that, okay, and it's sort of passed down from culture to culture and maybe it came from like the Greeks or the Etruscans originally, or who knows what there's lots of theories about where it came from, but it's a real world like runic alphabet um, and they use that for their on that map as well, and you will find that actually too in d d stuff. So uh, th- I think our version of the giant runes or mm-hmm. or the dwarven runes, one or the other, is very closely associated to that. And also I think it's in some Dragonlance pieces of art. They're wearing uh, things so, the with runes on them, yeah. Got it. Because it, you know, it looks cool and people have been stealing it liberally for ages now. Right.
0: And that is a very D&D thing to take uh, uh, you know things from different sources and put them all together and kind of make their own brain of fantasy it, from that. Very much so, which we'll get to when we get to one of the other
2: adventures we were going to talk about. uh, Yeah, absolutely. So
0: you mentioned that White Plume Mountain was originally uh, uh, published in AD&D era. Is that right? So I think it was a – I don't know if it was another – no, that's what it was. It's not a tournament adventure. It's
2: um, Lawrence uh, uh, Schick or I think – is that his name? Lawrence Schick? Um, So he originally uh, wrote that essentially as his um, resume – for trying to get a job at TSR. Oh no way, really? Yeah, and and so he says in, in one of the um the, the sort of reprints that was done for it, he was quoted as saying that he uh, basically cobbled together all the best bits of various dungeons that he had made in his home campaign and threw them into one big dungeon, and then uh, you know Black Razor is uh, uh, he admits is a direct theft of um, the sword that Elric has mm. uh, and. And so Mel uh, Yeah. So he he just decided you know, Not put Mel-nibine. it all in there and and then, you know, they published it as as an actual adventure and he was kinda like, ah, oh, I wouldn't have actually put that all in <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> like, he wouldn't have you know stolen uh, you know that and uh, and put it all together as one big package
0: but right it's like taking his audition uh, and being like oh
2: yeah sure it's good enough yeah perform
0: it now in front of
2: everyone and the, the the thing about the adventure is that it, it is a bizarre weird fun house I mean a, l- a lot of the um, sort of infamous or famous dum- dungeons of, of uh, first edition are have a sort of fun house aspect to it and uh, definitely, um, the uh, White Plume Mountain is one of those ones where it's very strange. I mean, there's uh, there's a there's a room where uh, there's basically this channel of water floating through the air, and you can kind of like and it goes out in one wall and right angles out and goes through another one, and you can like get in a canoe and float on that. There's another room where there's like layers of terrariums and uh, aquariums and there's different monsters on each level and at the bottom there's like uh, some manticores or something like that and it's just like what is going on so in bizarre. this yeah, bizarro dungeon and eventually, you stumble through this whole thing, and you, you find uh, these these magic items, and uh, you leave. And you don't ever confront Caraptus. Um, he's, he's not even there. Who knows why or what he was doing. Uh, there's been various sort of theories as to why and what's going on. Um, and, and he was the guy who took these items and hid them the in, place, right. in his place. the first place, right? And so it's sort of assumed uh, that you know once you get the items, you won't care anymore, and you'll just you'll just wander off with them. Right. And and that's largely true for most people playing. <laughs> 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 is they they don't actually you know go and try and find Kraptus
0: somewhere in the dungeon or anything like that. Um, that's interesting. So, and was it originally set in uh, the Greyhawk universe? Yes. The loosely was, or, or tightly. I mean,
2: it's it certainly was placed tightly. Afterwards, So it gets it gets on to sort of the fringes of some of the maps of the world of Greyhawk and stuff like that later. Mm. And then it's um, reinforced by uh, various um, products later where it's referred to. And then, of course, um, when 3rd uh, Edition rolls around, there's the return to White Plume Mountain, which, again, sets it fully in Greyhawk and um, delves more deeply into some things that are just sort of side elements. So the, the main map for um, the... Where White Blue Mountain is, is a really sort of evocative image of the mountain itself and the landscape around it. And it mentions uh, Dragotha, which is like um, this supposedly, uh, I guess, uh, Dracolich that flies through the mists of mm. the, the area. And there's something I think it's like, um, oh gosh, I'm going to get wrong. It's it's thin gristle or thin. There's some hag that's um, in the the area that's mentioned as well, and that gets more uh, it gets elaborated on in uh, the return to uh, White Plume Mountain, which was I think Bruce Cordell wrote, I believe. Um, cool. And that idea there is that uh, some gnomes who live in the area, because you know they, whatever they're, they're living nearby, uh, tunnel into the mountain and they discover essentially these shards of Carapetus that have been maintain through this weird spell experiment that he did to try and, like, make himself a living thought. And mm. so... are we all kind yeah, of living uh, thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and, I mean, well, Bruce Cordell likes to... he Bruce Cordell did a lot of the writing about psionics and so on and various editions of the game, and so he's a big fan of this kind of stuff. And so... Uh, the The idea is that there, the, his there's shards of Caraptus and left and behind in spells that he's written down, and so basically, if you're a wizard or whatever, and you go and you find these spells or you cast it from the scroll, then you get infected by this shard of Caraptus uh, and you sort of gain some of his traits, and there's benefits and negatives to that and stuff like that. So, uh, and then you know, there's more obviously of the same kind of stuff that in the original adventure with all the weird rooms and. And so on um, it's explained a bit as to why yeah. they're all together and then you know I mean black razor is black razor I mean it is it is this this um, awesome sword in the sense that uh, it just looks really cool right it's sort of you, you pick it up and it's like you're looking into a, a sword shaped starscape you know and and in that uh, it's like a soul-sucking blade and then it wants to go out and kill and destroy things and it's you know an intelligent weapon and I mean all the well men and uh, wave uh were both, I think, uh, intelligent items in that regard, but not as
0: cool as as Black Razor. But um, yeah, but so it's th- a dungeon people can use to kind of infect some of these interesting magic item ideas into a campaign. Well, or- I, I think that the the original the original premise of just like you know,
2: hey, these things have gone missing, and uh, people who had them want them back. And your your group of adventurers, hey, could you go and fo- you know follow this lead and go and find these these cool items? I mean, that's just a fun, really awesome hook that's easily usable. I think the return to the, the mountain uh, version is uh, a little. I mean, obviously it, it has to use a different hook, and so it, you use the one that Bruce created, and it gets a bit sort of um, complicated at that point, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is a, just a great fun house adventure with lots of strange elements in it, uh, in it, and it's just lots of fun to kind of run around in there and find out, you know, what things do and play with various elements of, of the dungeon.
0: Is it as dangerous as, uh, say, like Tomb of Horrors is? I would, s-
2: I would say no. It def- it's not as dangerous, I, and I think that the the threats are a bit more obvious. Like Tomb of Horrors, there's a lot more elements of, um, you know, not knowing wh- whether something's going to be a lethal trap or not. Whereas if you look into a room and see that one layer ha- of this weird terrarium aquarium setup has, you know, giant scorpions in it, you know what you're in for when you get to the giant scorpion layer. Right? <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> so, pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah i I think it's uh, where and i think you know the hidden shrine of uh tomo chan is is sort of a a different ball of wax and and it's i don't know it's it's
0: interesting we'll get to that i guess later but yeah but they all have their different uh uh, uh, hooks and things that you can use and and where you want to put them into your into your campaign i love them they're also just like fodder for ideas so yeah at the the, the very least if you just want to be like hey i want to put Black razor or wave or something in my campaign or you just like the idea of there being a channel of water through your dungeon that you can canoe in if you can figure out how to get your party up into it like
2: right exactly yeah and and it's i mean they they, they are adventures that are um sort of just these fun sort of explorations of of ideas um a lot of in a lot of cases you know it it isn't they aren't necessarily dungeons with a whole lot of uh, ecological logic or things like that. Right. Um, but, you know, they generally don't need it because it's not like uh, there's a whole team of orcs waiting around to be killed in them or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they're, they're generally individual rooms that are you know, that are sort of puzzle rooms and strange things to figure out or just weird traps and so on.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And I like the fact that we've, we've been talking about these, these old dungeons uh, a lot. And, and one of the things that keeps coming up is the idea of, like, emergent gameplay almost where... You know the designers can put all these things in here, and then the story actually ends up being created by the DM and the players way more than the writer.
2: Yeah, and and there's lots of um, just wacky ideas and fun imagery. So one of the, one of the uh, famous drawings and and rooms in the adventure is um, just this this chamber across which you have to get across, and it, and the the platforms are these circular platforms. Uh, suspended from the wooden platform suspended from the ceiling with a chain at their center and so I mean the just reeks of adventure and, and and danger and just the idea of trying right. to cross this thing on these you know weirdly wobbly boards in you know the chains and stuff like that and um,
0: there's just strange strange stuff like that neat awesome cool well I can't wait for people to check out uh, the edition of white blue mountain that's in tales from the yawning portal uh it will be the older edition not the return uh but uh it will all be updated for a fifth edition and able to be dropped into your campaign so i think that's pretty cool indeed all right well thanks matt thank you That Was a really shitty. That segment. was
1: not, I was just <laughs> gonna say, that was not terrible. <laughs> so bad, oh my god!
0: Everything he we talked about was, was terrible, was boring, snoozy,
1: snooze, snooze, you lose. Wow, I've got lipstick Last on time. my teeth.
0: Last. I don't what? know what that has to do with anything, me neither. Uh, except uh, uh an joke between me and my friends. Basically, we were Whoa. on an airline, uh, sp- I think it was spirit airline or oh, something like this. Yeah. And we had like assigned seats like you do. And we got to maybe to the gate maybe a little bit late and we were sitting all the way in the back, uh when our seats were in the you know, near the front of the aircraft and there was no room. And we we're like, uh you know, do we, did you guys just give our our seats away? Is that why we're back here? And the stewardess turns to us and says, Yes,
1: snooze you lose.
0: <laughs> and she had lipstick on her teeth. <laughs> so <laughs> from then on we always <laughs> use that uh yeah, it's no good. <gasps> wow, it's no good.
1: That's really rude, though. It
0: was quite rude. I was like, "That's customer service for you, right Jeez. there." Yeah.
1: Excuse me. I
0: know. Uh, so uh, now you know. Whenever I say that, that's what I'm really, really, really. I've never even heard you say that. yes, news you lose with lipstick on teeth. With
1: lipstick on your teeth. Anywho,
0: what a great segue, right?
1: Yeah, it's got everything to do with everything we're about to talk about. Talk
0: about about. like Jerry Holkins. We were going to call on the phones right about now. Okay. All right. See you later. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello.
3: How goes
0: it, Mr. Holkins?
3: It's good. It's good. Do we do we have to use an accent the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, once
0: you start, you can't stop. It's it's a true. It's
3: like it's it's like it's like the Pringle in that way. The humble Pringle.
0: <laughs> I, I actually once you start was that I, I feel like I'm just gonna jump into a story because we have to all right, so this is Jerry Hawkins. Hi Jerry, I'm Greg. Hi
3: Jerry. Hey This what's is Shelly. I was gonna say that sounds like Shelly. Yep. It it is. Uh, how can I be of assistance to you?
0: Well, first I want to tell you this crazy, because it, it involves uh, uh, voice acting, which I know Shelley is a, is a huge fan yeah. of. Yeah,
3: very talented. But I was at a, a
0: table read, and it goes into your question, Jeremy, about do we have to use accents the whole time. I was at a table read for a play, and it was like a play within a play situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, the, the actor uh, chose to use a voice for this character. He was going to be in the play in a play. The voice he chose was Kermit the Frog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And because I feel like he made that choice so broadly, he felt like he had to stick with it the entire table oh, read. Oh,
1: no. So,
0: and it was a very wordy part. Uh, trying was trying to be
1: funny? It's, what's...
0: No, I think he just, I think the, the director was like, just pick a voice and, and uh, stick with it for that that portion of the thing. And so the director didn't feel like he could pull the punch either because he didn't really know the guy that well. So basically it was it was painful know. for everyone else at the table to have him struggle because Kermit the Frog's not an easy voice to no. do. He was struggling trying to like pinch just his voice. let it go, man. Yeah. It was
3: terrible. No, you have to, you know, listen. Yep. You have to cut bait. <laughs> 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 you, don't, you don't you don't go full frog. <laughs> yeah. You never
0: go full frog.
1: No. Hey, remember that time that I was trying to do my impression of Bert from Sesame Street and Matt Mercer totally did a better Kermit and just like walked away from me?
3: Yeah, that was... He oh, was like, yeah. yeah that's- that, that guy. Listen, that- don't even get me started. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, get started because clearly I still have some... Some beef. so This
3: this this might be an opportunity for both of us to work out our longstanding issues. Yeah. Th- as regards Mr. Mercer.
0: He's just too good, right? He's too Yeah.
3: Good. It's, it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. Well, now that you're entering the realm of uh, of of uh, dungeon mastering for money, <laughs> you can start yeah. doing. You know, you can uh, uh, you know, you start like a real beef now.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll, see we'll see how that works. We'll, we'll see. To, we'll see to what extent it succeeds as a, as a business initiative, but that's, you know, that, that's, that's not why that's not a good reason to do something like this. I don't think, um,
0: no, you're totally right. I'm, you know, I'm,
3: cause I mean, you know, you know, as well as I do, you put a lot of time and a lot of yourself into simulating a whole universe for your friends. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you didn't, if you didn't want to do it, there's, there's really no, there's no way to make up for that time. Um, it, yeah. has to be, it has to be something that it has to be something that you would be really unhappy if you didn't do it. Right. Oh,
1: That's a good way to look at it.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, gotta, be some, it's gotta be something you're doing for your people. It's like cooking or something. Right.
1: Right.
0: If you're invested in, in, in making a thing, you kind of yeah. have to do it because you love making a thing.
3: Right. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that people know,
0: For sure, all in good fun. We're not actually going to start any beefs. We don't want to start off on a beef step. No. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. uh, So well, but before I I feel like we 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 put the cart before the horse a bit. So yeah, why don't you tell everybody what uh, uh, what you guys announced? Well, it's today on Monday, but this will go out on Thursday.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it may be uh, that you are thinking of the acquisitions incorporated, the C team stream. Uh, That we're doing uh, with Hyper RPG uh, here, out of the um, illustrious penny arcade offices.
0: That is exactly right.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's then. I'm I'm prepared to discuss it at length.
0: That's exciting. So why why did you choose C team and not B or D team?
3: Uh, Because the B team is a real team that exists, um, and so the players can't be them. That makes sense. Um, But um, in this, I. You know starting out with this new basically starting out with this new podcast is something that we're doing in the real world while the people who are or this, this new stream while the people in the real world are are inside the game are actually playing as uh, people who are starting out an acquisitions incorporated franchise so there's a lot of layers there for us to peel apart yeah. you know and where we, where do we begin really
0: uh, I think uh, uh, we can start with uh, that idea of the, the interns that you guys have been kind of using for a long time. I think, you know, the whole corporate hell idea has been uh, – I mean, I don't think it started out that way when you guys started this podcast, you know, back in 2008, right? It's just it,
3: some bad luck.
0: Yeah, but it's been developed over time. I just mm-hmm. – I think that's super interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's it, it, got, it got blown up bigger um, after we started adding people like Will – or Pat or Morgan in the idea that it would be somebody who might not be there every time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that we can, uh, that we can utilize from time to time and just keep a mix of people on the stage. Um, and then ultimately, I mean, intern was sort of the joke for Pat, Pat Rothfuss ended up being, you know, basically a main cast guy. He was there forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, before it used to switch around a lot more, but uh, I just, I gelled really well with with Pat. We had a good thing going on our side of the table. And um, yeah, yeah, he's just, he's a real treat. But I mean, now I think he's technically a sub-employee. I had to come come up with a new uh, tier in the hierarchy for him to occupy because I couldn't really call him an intern anymore since he'd been there for years. But, you know, C-Team is about, a new group that has secured a exclusive license, um, not to the entire Deseran Valley, obviously, um, but they'll be operating out of uh, Red Larch, which is where I've set. Um, uh, Omen's mothers have a uh, an inn that I have placed in Red Larch called the Drawn and Courtier. Right, right. That um, is basically going to be sort of the base of operations until they move out of the house. Basically,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. And the the, the, the is Valley awesome. is in. Uh, 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 I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where the temp uh, the I'm sorry the Princess of the Apocalypse storyline uh, was kind of all based. Is that correct? Yeah,
3: yeah. Princess of the Apocalypse is actually the best source if you're curious about Redlarch. Yeah, it's the best source of information. Um, uh, for that specific town. There's a, obviously, there's other cool stuff up there, like Storm Giant Bargain goes into um, Tribor, right. uh, which is another, another big town up there. But, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, astute, very astute. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was trying to remember, my, my brain was being racked as I was trying to, <laughs> I'm like, where have I heard that before? I'm like, oh, right, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> so you'll be running this, this, this stream as the Dungeon Master and as Obendron right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, occasionally, I think mean, I've never done anything like this before. I mean, occasionally I might need to have some kind of a break. Um, but I, I, I see myself as guiding this story basically through, um, you know, the arc that I have planned uh, up front. I mean, there'll be one shots. I know that Mike has expressed an interest in uh, running one shots as, um, as Jim dark magic. Ooh, oh, cool.
1: that's going to be fun. Um,
3: I don't know if, if you had, you might've caught it. So the PAX 2016, uh, 16, the one at East uh, where we actually had um, you know, Mike and Pat run games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he did the whole murder mystery. Uh, yes, did.
3: exactly. And so it might be something along those lines, a one shot where, you know, it's about Jim and his family and the sorts of things that he gets up to in a, in a, you know, multi-dimensional wizard family. Um, but the story that I have set up here for um, for omen is is pretty cool I think I mean it's in that it's in that context so that it's in the AI context so that it's gonna be goofy um, <laughs> but you know I mean, you're not gonna you won't be able to get away from that a lot of it is gonna be ridiculous I mean the main thing that AI does is it just sort of recognizes some fundamental things about the experience and it's okay you know what I mean like it's 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 kind of goofy yeah like, the type of fun that we're having is a little bit goofy and it's okay yes it's okay to do that um but, yeah
0: and it, and it occupies a different space than than a lot of other uh uh D streams or or people's you know games do i mean i i definitely loved doing one shots in in my own time that were more goofy themed than other ones and you kind of have to you know it's nice having like a little little different taste of DD uh, available out there
3: yeah absolutely absolutely but underneath Underneath that, there is, there is actually a story about um, Omen's history with, particularly with his sisters. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't know. It's typical DM stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you anything that other dungeon masters haven't told you. It's the most important story.
1: <laughs> I mean, Ever.
3: No, it's it's you know I wanna. There is a, there is, a, there, is a, there is a payload that I'm trying to get across in addition to being. You know, special goofy times. So,
0: right
1: now, is this a story that you worked on specifically for this project, or has this always been part of you always, Omen's background? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: it's, it's, it all comes out of the, it all comes out of the sort of, you know, you have a character that you play for a long time and you really like, like, you're always sort of embroidering them between games. And since, you know, Acquisitions Incorporated, we've been playing for a long time, but. We only have a few games a year,
1: right?
3: And so I have a lot of time between those games to, um, you know, to do that type of nerd stuff. You know, yeah, that's great.
0: So you've been kind of uh, thinking about these ideas yeah. in that interim, and then now you can finally uh, uh, share it with with everybody.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, i'll I'll try to I'll try to tamp down my worst instincts.
0: what to spoil the story? Yeah, don't do that.
3: Oh, no, no, not about the spoiling, just in general. Like, I I don't, I I don't want it to turn into a thing where, um, you know, each session is just me like reading from three by five cards, (laughs) um, about my, all my cool ideas. Um, that's always the
0: hard part with dungeon mastering.
3: Well, yeah, especially if you have like this specific thing, but what I, you know, what I'm going to task them with is. You know has a lot of room around the edge um for you know for them to play around in I mean I, the main thing for me is you know i've got I got some young players at the table um young in terms of their age you know as as d and d aficionados i have I have one guy who's never even played before wow yeah he, right. never, he never played before our test game and he had a great time but I mean it's always this thing where he's like you know the adventure starts and it's like they crest the hill and look down into this part of the valley where this town you know that i made up is in (laughs) and he didn't he didn't know he didn't know what he could do right and so you know the task there for me is like hey we're playing dungeons and dragons like (laughs) there's nothing you can't do here if he's like can i go talk to the mayor i'm like. Man, you can do whatever you want to like, I will, you know, it's not your job to figure out what you can't do. Right. You know what I mean? Like where the limits are. I will provide rational, reasonable limits on your behavior because those are the limits that the world is going to press down on you. There's going to be stuff you can't get away with. Right. Um, but and I think that's always the hard
0: thing with- for people exactly. who come from like a video game world to, to right. really kind of under, to wrap their head around.
3: Exactly, because they're the games are the opposite. I it's mean, in hard. a lot of ways, they're just they are the opposite <laughs> sides of the same coin. And so, but but it's so delightful, as you know. Yeah. When you get that new, when you get that new player, and you have a chance to be like, there is some goblins attacking this town for some reason. <laughs> There's a commotion outside of the inn. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love all that stuff. Like I, I I still like the classic. I still like the classic stuff. I like to dig out, you know, Fomorians, and you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. The stuff that will get the imagination be like, Hey, this is happening now. What do you do with it? I mean, it's like the best uh, kind of well, improv exactly. comedy, it,
3: it, but there's also, there's the oral tradition aspect of it too. Like we have this game, but we're also a part of, we're also a part of a, uh, Odd, special storytelling tradition that is pretty young as mediums go.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, uh, that a lot of these players were 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 new, but some of them are old. So why don't you can you introduce like who's actually going to be playing with you guys?
3: Oh, oh, I I would I would love to. Um, The newest player, I'll do it in terms I'll do it sort of in uh, newest to oldest school. Okay. Um, We've got. Uh, Ryan Hartman, who is the director of events for PAX, uh, he's going to be coming in and uh, uh, exploring this space with his dragonborn paladin Dinar. We've got uh, Chris Straub, uh, who you uh, who does the intros for Acquisitions Incorporated shows uh, that I always really enjoy. I, yeah. I love his work, and um, I'm very curious to see how he'll handle the table. He has a drow warlock named Cathris Drow. Uh-huh. Exactly right. <laughs> and then, um, and then I think uh, Amy Falcone, who you might have remembered if you ever saw our show Strip Search a long time ago. Uh
0: huh.
3: She's great. Um, she's done all kinds of uh, all kinds of work online. Um, she has a. Uh, Elven Druid, I believe, um, named Walnut, who is super cool. I have a lot of big plans for her. That's cool. Uh, then I, I think I think Kate Welch might be the oldest school. I think that Amy's more of like the hardcore min-maxer, but I think that Kate Welch might have been around the while, uh, might have been around the longest.
0: Nice. And what is she playing?
3: Uh, she has got a tiny halfling grandmother, who oh. is also a monk. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm super Grandma's excited. Grandma a monk. Is that, super interesting cast like i say you can go to um act-inc.com that's acq-inc.com you can check out short character bios uh we got all the character art in there we got the teaser trailer for c team Um, and you can also go to the portfolio section that has the full you know almost decade-long history of acquisitions incorporated every podcast every show so there's now a full if you ever want to direct somebody to the archive the portfolio section of the site has it all.
0: That's amazing. And by the way, whose idea, was it your idea to make that look like a, a a website from 20 years ago?
3: No, (laughs) I I have to say, uh, I really got to give, uh, all the credit to our designers. Uh, Gavin, uh, just went hog ass wild. Yeah. That thing assisted by, uh, Dave Allen. Um, and then with, uh, Mike Buland on the back end, a completely new backend stack uh, to get all this stuff going, and they did it in record time. It looks so pretty I, cool. I, I got to take a moment to appreciate them. Now, the one yeah. thing, the one thing I can say and take credit for, <laughs> is Inky the Sigil. <laughs> oh my god. Now,
0: yeah. Cl- poor Clippy. So poor malign Clippy.
3: <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: Yeah, I love it.
3: Um so he and I had a lot of time writing custom text for him, custom text for all the factions that we're introducing. Um so acquisitions incorporated in this adventure setting is um one faction. Uh and there are a few other ones that I've introduced, and some of some of them are from the main campaign, like drawn enterprises. Yeah. It is sort of existing in the regular continuum, um, but the six and the silver sliver are new factions um, with their own aims um, that are sometimes uh, counter to acquisitions incorporated.
0: So they're going to be like similar enterprises, like uh, uh, the one your sister ran.
3: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but there's a, there's a all the alignment information is there on the on the site. But, oh, you know, of course,
0: each faction would have its own alignment. Yeah, right. Sense.
3: Acquisitions Incorporated, Chaotic Neutral. I think we can all agree.
0: That's pretty that's pretty accurate.
3: <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Lawful Evil is um, Drawn Enterprises, just sort of that like meticulous, mechanical evil. Yeah. Um, the Six, the, the, the Silver Sliver are Chaotic Good and um, the Six are Neutral Evil.
0: Cool. I love that. I love that, that kind of, uh, uh, I, I'm sure you're a fan of, uh, uh rat Queens.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I just love that idea of there being like these, um, you know, different groups that are competing in the same kind of area for, for, for not just, uh, you know, their own survival, but, but, uh, you know, like friendly rivalries against each other.
3: Absolutely. And I think that, I think that, you know, the longer this goes on, I think it'd be really fun to explore, um, explore the supplement space. Um, with sure. new information for these other factions for people to um, sort of, you know, just grab it off the shelf and flesh out their own campaigns if they want.
0: Yeah, I think that's re- that's really cool.
1: So Jerry, you mentioned a test game. Yeah. Was this a test game just to test out this concept or test out how the group was playing together
3: or did yeah, you actually exactly. audition these people? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know how it is. It's yeah. like you never know um, until you sit down, if something is gonna if something is gonna work right, right, you know. I mean, we all know. Like we've 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 been around long enough to have seen that cheat, like at the you know friendly local game store, and it's sort of like somebody's looking for a bassist when they're trying <laughs> to find somebody for their yeah. party, right? Right. They have they cut on the bottom of the paper, and then each of the slips of paper has their number on it. Type. Yep. Thing. yep. Yeah. It's the same type of shit. And, um, oh no, is that bad? No, no, you can say that. Okay, I, I, I never know. One never knows.
1: I know, it's good to ask. Yeah, yeah. After you say it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Forgiveness and permission, I think. There's some relationship between the two. But, um, you know, you don't actually know until you kick the tires and do that. And then you also have a new player and he's not exactly sure what's going on. Right. I want to make sure that he knows about his character sheet, you know, how to dig around on there, figure out what's good. Um, you know so that he's the numbers are at hand and he feels comfortable and then I want to make sure that um, you know I'm communicating the world in a way that makes sense to them and you know what I mean like yes I just wanted just wanted to try it out just wanted to test it out and you know I plan to do a half hour 45 minutes or so just kind of like hey I really like you guys let's you know, let's see if we can put something together like this. And then two and a half hours later, um Alyssa Grant, who I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: She's fantastic. She, it, she worked here for, for uh about a year as a contractor. Yeah.
3: She's amazing. Um she came back and she's like, It's like six thirty. Like <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I you you probably think about wrapping it up soon. And I was just like, I had blocked out, like it was you know, it was like, I'd never left the, it was like, I'd never left that continuum. Um,
0: right. Yeah. You mentioned that in the interview with, uh, with Todd Kendrick too, that like, oh, it's, yeah. it's just like, you, you don't even realize that this time has passed because you were performing so, so hard.
3: Well, yeah. Just all these words just kept falling out of my face. Yeah.
1: Falling. <laughs> out. I don't know. It was, it was, it was, a, it was
3: a, blast. I had a really good time and I just, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get back to the table with them. I mean, I, you know ostensibly cameras will be on and it will be like a show for twitch and you know all that stuff all that stuff is also true and i'm i'm glad that we can put that out there cuz ai ai usually does pretty well on twitch during the shows too
0: yeah
3: it seems like that's something that people want on there i'm to look at you know like role play like it me jp and adam Coble stuff like critical role like it's definitely a space that people really enjoy out there right i know, I know perkins has done some and Mm-hmm. yeah we yeah. do
0: our own dice camera action here but yeah indeed,
3: indeed. it's and a crazy
0: thing that thinks that like i mean you know i don't want you know you guys to be able to take the credit for it but i mean really in 2008 like there was nobody who did playing D D for an audience
3: no it's insane right yeah it's insane i can remember the first time we played ai as a live game yeah at pax east and they had given us an 800 person theater. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, (laughs) it seemed like the most, like, why would you challenge the universe like this? Like, why would you just like shake your fist at the sky and say, Oh yeah, let's 800 people are going to come and watch, you know, these jackasses (laughs) play a game that you can't play. Right. And, And, there was standing room only against the back of the hall.
0: So insane. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not, no, even, I'm,
3: not, I'm not even. It's not even like bragging. Like I'm not. I can't believe it happened. Yeah. I still. I can't believe it's real.
0: Yeah. I I can't believe just being in a uh, uh, Benaroya Hall and yeah. seeing you know three thousand people.
1: That's got to be crazy to look out. At the well, at Ben Royal Hall and see all listen, those people. Oh, it,
3: yeah, you can't really see it, and I'm glad because if I actually was aware of it consciously, it would be terrifying. <laughs> but 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 you have to you have to keep in mind that's 3,000 people physically there. Right. And that doesn't even go into the stream. No. Or people percent.
1: who watch it afterwards too. Oh yeah, it's crazy pants. It's got so, some long legs. But what is it like for you? Because I always. I always get the nervous belly when I go on your, your behalf.
0: <laughs> You're nervous and for I'm him. Like, yeah. Like all
1: of you. I'm like, Oh my God. Like Chris Perkins. And I don't, I don't know how, I just don't know how you guys do it. But it's well, like, like my
3: trick, my trick, Shelley, is that I, I black out. I, I talked about that. Lots before. of drugs and
1: alcohol. Yeah, like, <laughs> right before. Yeah, it's,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's like, it's like a, it's like a behind the music type thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I I am very nervous. So you're you're reflecting my own deal. If you feel nervous for me, I
1: am nervous for you. You and
3: I feel the same way. But when I get, it's just like my coping technique. When I get up there, um, is that is that it's just performance? Mm -hmm. Like at a certain point, there's no difference between thinking of something and then doing it or saying it. Like because it has to be so fast. Like I'm on stage with really, really smart people. Yeah. And it's everything I can do just to keep up with that crew. Um, I have to be I have to be so on my game that I'm not aware of linear time. You know.
0: And you're still able to throw out like amazing zingers.
3: I know. Yeah, that's but, like... but, I, but I'm even. But I don't know about them until someone tells me about them later. Oh, you just <laughs> you really don't remember? Do you no, watch it, it after? Oh yeah. I have to because it's the only way I can experience my own life. <laughs> so one of the um one of the but there there is one thing that I do remember um and can do and that's ever since um Pax East last year I usually try to prepare uh like a like a closing ceremony for it. Yeah, so,
0: you're, the 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 wrap
3: yeah, or whatever it is. I don't I don't exactly know what it is. The,
0: the spoken word poetry, maybe? I don't yeah, know.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe nice. something in that continuum. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's it's that's just my excuse. Like we have we have other settings and things like that that we do, like in the Irewood. We have Thornwatch and Daughters and the Lookouts. Like we have a couple other setting, you know, a couple other places that we'd like to tell stories. And I'm usually trying to stuff poetry in them somewhere mm-hmm. just so that I'll have an excuse. <laughs> just a lot of an excuse to, to write it or perform it. Um, you That's know, pretty before cool. I, before I started doing this, I was doing, I was doing a lot of music and, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. And so some parts of it, like the end of the show, is just an opportunity to just reclaim some of that space and put it to work in this poetry thing. That's pretty uh, neat. Mm-hmm. And at South at South, I had to take the opportunity just to, respect Chris Perkins.
1: We all uh, do. Yeah.
3: Yeah, if it, it's worth checking out if you if you haven't seen the live game from south, the very last part of it is just me appreciating you know everything that he's done. He's just a he's a tremendous talent and he's an inspiration.
0: He is. Yeah. It's, it's funny to be like in the office with him and be like, oh, I have to ask you one specific thing about, you know, X, Y, Z. And then be like, you know, he, and he can expound upon it for minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. He's and a Dungeon
3: Master. Yeah, he's
0: got it. And uh, uh, sometimes it's mundane stuff and sometimes it is the more uh, uh, fanciful things. And either way, he's just he's just a dream to have around. It's kind of crazy. And then
3: there's that handwriting. What <sighs> is going on with that? Right? It's I didn't know about that until we filmed the holiday special. Oh really? What is going on? I don't with know.
1: His? It's just he. I mean he he has a story. Like, he actually did practice penmanship. I think like, he was waiting when while his mom was at work, she would give him like a pen and paper, and she was like, "I don't know, just write the alphabet or something." And he so he said he's because he's Chris Perkins. He <laughs> wrote it several times and perfected it and. He's like his, his he got like a font.
3: Oh, I know the maps. His maps are insane. But no, the thing is, is like so. You go to the like. My handwriting is filth, and when I find <laughs> no two signatures of mine on anything, look the same. Yeah. But I'll, they never
0: check, do they? Those people. No, with the checks, no, Right. But
3: people, but people give, people will give me their, you know, their PHP or whatever. Yeah. Right. To sign. <clears throat> yeah, and I'll flip it open, and it's Chris Perkins, and it's like. It looks exactly the same as every other time yep. I've ever seen him write his name. He's a robot. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. scarifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not Did, just
3: terrifying. Yeah. No.
1: so what? do you have any like improv background because that's, I mean you guys are just really amazing up there.
3: I'm I'm so glad you think so. I do. Um, no, I don't
1: No theater, no. Of,
3: no in terms of theater type stuff, not really. Um, I I've been in a couple different bands but they've always been very nervous inward looking bands (laughs) very popular in Seattle like the cure did you cover
0: a lot of cure and uh Bauhaus
3: no no, it was was all it was the the only cover we ever did was um Depecheville blasphemous rumors Ooh! but yeah we were we were that band
0: (laughs) well it's funny that you mentioned them I I didn't realize that you'd played in bands before but now I'm seeing that kind of through line through you know, all the stuff that you've, that you've done, as well as even just your comment of, like, blacking out. Like, I remember for some reason I had this one uh, uh, quote from Tori Amos, of all mm-hmm. people... Who is saying that when she's on stage and she's performing, she d- she doesn't remember it either? Hmm. Uh, I believe it. And yep. she's like, it's like she she said it was like it was it was like music and, 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 and making love. I was going to say something dirtier, but making love are the two <laughs> times where she like has these out of body experiences. Really? Um, so I was wondering if that is that, is that true for you too, Jerry? Wait
1: a <laughs> minute.
3: <laughs> I guess we're, we're we're getting into it now. <laughs> Wait um, a minute. No, yeah, but it's yeah, it is
0: that that same thing.
3: Yeah, it's just basically. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's out of body or if it's like all the way inside mm. the body. Right. Like if it, if it's just like there's just no difference between me and it. Yeah, it's not. It, it ceases to be abstract. Basically, it's just immediate. Everything that's happening is everything that's happening is what is is everything that's happening.
0: It's living in the present.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess like I mean, it could be that it could be that that's what, you know, normal people experience when they live. Their lives. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's maybe that's how I get access to it. I don't and now know. I'm
0: also thinking of the, the the pilot episode for Deep Space Nine, where it was the aliens were trying to, con- you know, conceive of an. Uh, 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 oh
3: yeah, uh, aggressive adversarial.
0: Yeah, without having a timeline, not knowing that there was a past and a future, there was always a present.
3: Yeah, and we were we were so confusing as a result.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he all explained it through baseball. I don't know whatever. Um,
3: that show was hellified
0: fine. It is. It's so good. Uh, so, yeah, the, the one thing we haven't touched on about the, the stream, though, that I really want to make sure we get across, because I still really want to learn, learn more about it, is uh, sure. the integration with, uh, with, with Hyper RPG.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I can't really announce all of that stuff right now, but Hyper RPG has kind of a novel approach, as I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. They have a novel approach of integrating the things that happen on a Twitch stream normally. In terms of um, like cheers and tips and things like that, they have ways of integrating the the normal Twitch culture mm-hmm. into um, how the game is executed. That's so uh, cool, which is super super novel, um, and it changes based on the the show they're doing, like uh, Death from Above. Is One way they have a, a shadow run game where it works. another way they have pencils and parsecs, which is their Star Wars game mm-hmm. That works another way. They all integrate the the community in different ways um, and I, I think we have a I think we have some good hooks for uh, Trying to map some of those things to our campaign
0: that it's gonna be super cool I mean, I, I think that's the one thing that other, you know, streams haven't really Developed is like how to integrate it into the chat. I mean, obviously you can talk to people in in, in chat and be like, oh, hey, that was a great idea, you know, so-and-so. But like actually having it affect the gameplay is super interesting to me.
3: I think so too. And and in fact, I mean, I've been watching them for a while, and I was like, for the longest time, I was like, I'm just going to steal all that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, they started, um, they actually – work they do a few of their shows out of our studio up here mm-hmm. um, and just after getting to know them i was like i wonder if we shouldn't i wonder if we shouldn't try to you know do something together
0: very cool all right so obviously you can't tell us any about these specifics about how it's all going to work but
3: yeah but it's all it's, but it's cool. all you know the timeline's pretty short here i mean you'll you'll know you'll know plenty very soon
0: nice yeah so speaking of which when is when are you are you going to jump behind the screen for the first time
3: The uh, current plan is uh, march 16th
0: Oh, that is a very very short timeline.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.30 p.m. PST.
1: And so do do these players have any idea what they're getting into? Not
3: really. What have you told them? Not really. So I I gave each of them a brief uh, interview (laughs) that they had to answer three questions, and the answers to these questions aren't known by any of the other party members.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. I like
3: that. So... Um, <clears throat> the first is, what is your secret reason for joining Acquisitions Incorporated? Uh, the second is, uh, name someone you have wronged, and the third is, name something your character would kill to learn. Mm. So, oh. you know, with all these, with all this stuff, I should be able to put together. Uh, I should be able to put together a few sessions. I'm, th- I'm thinking
0: that's some pretty good storytelling fodder right there.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's there's plenty to work from there.
0: Yeah, assuming they all answered in uh, in in ways that were game, you know, that were like I
3: was very I was very pleased getting the answers back. I was like, all right, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for.
0: Perfect, and that's what's good when having you know uh, 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 have recruited such a
3: great cast. No, I yeah. can't believe them. They're just they're just. I can't wait to start playing with these guys.
1: So about your the cast, though so you actually you obviously picked these people for a reason. Like yeah. h- how did did do they know each other before this? How did you know they were going to gel so well other than making them go through rigorous I didn't, testing? No.
3: I didn't I didn't actually know. Um, we just sort of you built it <clears throat> They're all people that we knew and you know, we've seen at PAX shows, for example, or people that we knew you know that I, I didn't know as well as other you know as friends of mine but came well um, well recommended mm-hmm. um, and like I say I mean until I actually sat at the table you know you never know how something like that is gonna go down right um, just because psychology is complicated but they just killed it like I, I can't wait they just they went nuts on it <laughs> and I, 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 I and but you know, the only bummer about that part of the campaign was that, you know, there wasn't any reason to there wasn't any reason to record it. And there wasn't any reason to build in the long term hooks. So in some ways, I mean, that's what that's what's great about Dungeons and Dragons is that time is real. Yeah. You know, time passes and, um, you know, opportunities come and go and getting actually being able to sit down and play the real game where we're earning real XP and they're dealing with real threats. Is really really exciting.
0: That is exciting, and I mean, it always—you're right. It, like, always happens where, yeah, as a dungeon master, you have a thing that you want to integrate, but the but the story kind of passes it by, uh, and you're like, all right, well, I guess well, I guess we're not doing that, and we'll move on to the next thing, and you maybe try to, you know, put the hooks in to make make it get back to that. But I have so many moments from dungeon mastering that I'm like, all right, well. Yeah, that didn't happen, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen hopefully in the future or, or not. And that's part of the fun of it is to be like, you know, there, there's no way of knowing what is going right. to occur. Even,
1: even the dungeon master doesn't know.
0: Doesn't know.
3: No, 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 no. <clears throat> and it's, you know, I, I know about the world. I know the initial world state. I've set up all the pieces and now we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So do you, what do you prefer, DMing or playing?
3: Uh, playing is a lot less work.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
3: You can just sit down. That's like that's like when you like when you go over to your friend's house, and they're like they're really good at making pod Thai or something, and it's just you just eat a bunch of pod Thai like that's awesome. <laughs> but but in you know in this situation here, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to build out some of the ideas that I have for, um, for acquisitions incorporated. Um, you know, as a player, I can, I can exert some control over the story. And, that, and that I've tried to as, you know, he's a masked lord now. I was able to use that in the last campaign. That um, is so
0: cool. I love that that's like part of, you know, the, oh the, man, the, the canon even, of Forgotten Rage. Don't
3: even get me started, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is, another way, this is another way for me to basically do what I'm doing there in reverse, present a story context and um and allow players and you know viewers to discover it super Very cool exciting yeah
0: yeah um so right well i mean uh, hopefully they'll be recovered from Pax East in time to uh, uh, to be ready for the 16th i did not yeah, realize let's how hope
3: let's hope let's hope
0: <laughs> are you excited about the about the weekend
3: oh yeah 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 uh, pax east is pax east is a super interesting venue it's basically like the like the crystal version of Pax. It's all in with one giant building that is, you know, and I, I, we have a lot of knowledge about how that building operates and works now. We've done Pax there a bunch of times. Um I've sort of mastered that and so it's easy to get around. I know exactly where to go. Um Yeah. But, I, uh, my schedule's pretty loose this year, so I'll actually have a chance to attend a fair amount of it.
0: That's cool that is always my, my I, I used to be on the, uh, the the media side of stuff. And so my, uh, my time at conventions was always programmed out and I could never just enjoy it as a fan. Oh but, uh, yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. And then that's, and often that, that is the case. I mean, it depends on how things are set up exactly. I got a few, I have, you know, I have responsibilities there, but yeah, there's definitely some, there's definitely some wiggle room. And um, because I know that that building so well, um, I can really maximize my time.
0: I love, and you're right. That building almost seems like custom designed for a Pax. Uh, oh, tell
3: me about it. Right?
0: Yeah, because I was at the first one at the, at the Heinz Center, which was which oh, was yeah. also cool, but it was certainly packed in there, uh, and <laughs> a little bit more labyrinthine uh, uh, than the way the the Boston Convention Center is. It's so nice.
3: Well, yeah, it's it's bespoke. I mean, like the Heinz can you know the, there's you can do all kinds of events in the Heinz Center. Hmm. Um but it's not as appropriate for some of those types of events. Um, the vibe was good. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, we, the first time we ever did PAX in Australia, it was in like what was primarily an outdoor like horse park.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
3: <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, generally speaking, um, it's a place for horses, but, <laughs> But you know, we we came back to the next place and we had a new venue and it was fine. So,
0: you would you wouldn't recommend uh, uh you know uh, st- staging your your brand new tabletop uh, gaming convention in a, uh, in a horse barn?
3: I saw it, it was a novel it was a novel venue. Let's let's say that. <laughs> hey,
1: can we talk about the new show Unplugged?
3: Um, a little bit. No. Yeah. 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 We're gonna have it. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's in the thing. fall,
1: and it's in yes. Philadelphia.
3: It is indeed. It is in Philly, PA.
1: And it's going to be focusing on tabletop
3: Indeed, games? Indeed. Board on games? The, on, on the table as a service. Yes. Um, as, as, as I'm sure you've seen, and obviously, you know, Wizards has been a big part of this. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of board gaming that takes place at PAX. Right. Yeah. Um, you've seen it happen. You know what I'm talking about. I do. You can rattle off all the names. I mean, like there's a lot of that part of the show has always been um, as soon, you know, it, it'll basically accept as much space as we give it.
0: For sure. Um, there will always be people, tables full of and, it's, and it, I love that there's no real consistent like game being played. They're always different. They always have mm-hmm. different components and different colors and different miniatures and things popping yeah. up and you're always like, no. "Oh, what is that? What are you playing?
3: You know, and we have an extensive uh, library, obviously, that people can go and check games out. Um, we have a system, like, like a legit like library, you know, check-in, check-out type system. Yeah. Um, and also, is that all going
0: to be at uh, Unplugged too?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the plan is basically to take what is rad about um, that sort of, uh, growing, vibrant tabletop part of packs and just sort of, like, pinch the edges and then expand the size while maintaining the ratio, you know? Right.
1: I think that's going to be awesome.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one, too.
0: It's almost like Shelly has a vested interest it's in it. It's
1: almost like I yeah, do yeah. stuff with board games. Speaking <laughs> of, we yeah. should also yeah. mention that Jerry was a contributor to the Golden Geek-nominated <laughs> Widow's log. <laughs> the expansion for Betrayal at House on the Hill. You wrote a really creepy haunt.
3: Oh yeah. I wrote the creepiest haunt I could. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. It's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty it's, good. It's, it's hard and weird. Yep. And it, was. it also has a um <clears throat> it also takes the mechanic and sort of builds it out a little bit. Yes. Yours were the
0: one with the twins, twins right? Yeah.
3: That it was, was called- creepy. It was. I
0: remember playtesting that one. Yeah. No,
3: I, I had such a good time writing the um you know, I had done some other work for uh, Mike Selenker and Lone Shark um, on their game, Apocrypha. Right. Where they had a bunch of different cards, um, and they basically, like, the flavor text on their cards in that game are, like, 100-word short stories.
0: <laughs> Flash fiction. Oh, so,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. And so you basically equip these short stories, and that's your equipment. These guys. These anyway. uh um, <laughs> Uh, they during that time they asked me if I wanted to do one of these haunts and of course I did but you know the text aspect of it is really maybe four paragraphs total
0: right. not much yeah. so
3: so you can I mean you can really really embroider the text and try to just pack as much imagery as you can into these really small spaces which for as a writer at least the type of writing that I do like. Which is very fixed, generally, I mean I have my news post and I have the comic strip. These are all spaces that really prioritize um, compact writing yeah. and so um, it was really fun to have that tiny little space, but then try to tell the biggest try to describe the biggest concept I could inside
1: it right, and then you have to do it kind of twice or two different ways because Ah, you're doing it for the traitor and for the
3: heroes. Yeah, for both sides and then victory, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was was a hoot.
1: So where'd that idea come from? You're not a twin, are you?
3: No. Okay, good. The the main thing (laughs) for me is that uh, I'm obsessed with, uh, like, my my fascination is with um, co-op games. Uh And so I wanted to turn the traitor side into a co-op game
1: yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that is yeah. like one of the only ones that really does that.
1: Out.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to sort of take the assumptions around that and um, sort of distend them so that there were really two teams um, that were competing.
1: Yeah. I remember we that one came up. We, we played it at PAX East last year. That one was triggered. There was a bunch of people around the table that did not know each other ever at all. And then the two traders... Yes. We're like super bond like for real like I'm I know they're friends still to this day <laughs> I know they are. like they were so excited as they were like coming closer to each other and they were like hooray we did it and we all died but right. they were so excited they
0: hugged each other they did
1: they were like real twins was Listen, really they fun.
3: had fun that's the main thing I had right? fun
1: I still had fun <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't lose. matter if you win or lose <laughs> it's all in how fun the haunt is and that's a really good one
3: I'm glad. I'm glad you
1: liked it. I did. So thanks.
0: Yeah. That was super exciting. Yeah, I can't believe that was just PAX East last year. I know.
1: Isn't that weird?
3: That's yeah, insane. This has, been fast, this has been a fast year, folks.
0: Comes at you fast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that meme is uh, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so many. Uh, right. So, uh, uh, but yeah, Boston is going to be nuts. I'm out, I'm heading out there, too. Uh, I'm excited for the Acquisitions Incorporated game on Sunday.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We'll be there.
0: 1 p.m. Yeah.
3: Got Morgan back, and then we got uh, a first timer on stage, um, Kathris Draub. Oh, um, he's
1: gonna be playing.
3: Indeed, in advance of his uh, in advance of his turn on the stream. Is he gonna be playing the same character? He will be playing the same character. Ooh, cool! So there'll be some continuity
0: there, unless mm. unless he dies, unless he dies, <laughs> unless Perkins is such <laughs> a no, jerk. Listen,
3: that, that's that's gonna that's gonna screw my whole thing. Yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're right, gonna time with like
1: this. All that appreciation you gave to Chris Perkins, take it all back. I,
3: I'm, all, I'm already angry. I'm preemptively angry.
1: See, well, that's what you need. That's what you need up there on stage. Anger.
0: <laughs> Channel it.
1: And blacking out.
3: That's right. Blackout <laughs> drugs.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, anything special? I mean, I, I, do you? So, yeah, let's talk about it. Do you know anything about what the story is going to be before before Chris drops it? Oh,
3: uh, you mean you mean at an at an acting game? Yeah. No. no no he never tells us anything people always wonder because i it, there must be something about it that people perceive um when they're watching it um like that we've planned it or that we have like lines or dialogue yeah. or maybe maybe sometimes like the humor lands in a certain way that feels planned mm. but he never tells us anything that's we're coming up with all of that in real time basically
1: well, yeah, I think that's cool. a compliment to you guys. That yeah, people yeah, think it's, that it's scripted.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. If you make up something on the spot and people and people wonder, you know, how you wrote it, right? That's that's pretty wild. Yeah.
0: I remember having that uh, uh, experience when I was dungeon mastering one time, where someone did something, and I just I had to throw away almost everything that I had planned, and I was like, all right, well, we're just gonna go with it. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't try to telegraph it too much. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they were all like, I can't believe you planned out this happened and that happened. What a great plan. That was so great. And I was like,
1: Yeah, I totally did it. I didn't plan any of that. That was all made up.
0: And they were like, What?
1: To sign a good DM. Yeah.
0: So they're
1: just like, like, Whoa. (laughs) Right. Mind blown.
0: And I wish I could take credit for it, but like you, it's almost like a, I don't know. I just said the thing that came on the top of my head. You know, it doesn't really (laughs) feel like you're, 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 you know, uh, uh, being writerly about it or anything, or like, you know, that you've got this. Tolkien-esque level of preparation that planned for all uh, uh, permutations of the story, but like, nope, it just I, the first thing that popped in my head, and I'm glad you think it's cool.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I, it was really great talking to you, uh, Jerry. I, I'm really excited about uh, uh, the C-Team. Uh, cool. We'll look for that on March 16th. What was That's the, ti- the
3: plan. That's the plan.
0: What was the time again?
3: 3.30.
0: Uh, 3.30 3:30. 3:30 Pacific time. Set your watches. You.
3: That's right we have synchronized a watches. synchronized
0: watches it's, it's daylight savings on Sunday so oh, no don't way. set them yet or you know
3: <laughs> yeah do it later
0: do it later uh, but awesome uh, where can people find oh, you already mentioned the website but why don't you just throw yeah. it out there again
3: oh, nothing would bring me more pleasure um, it's ac-inc.com that's uh, dot com. site just launched this morning at 9am wow uh, all kinds of stuff to tool around with on there
0: I think my favorite bit is, is other than other than the uh, the, the Clippy parody, <laughs> is the uh, the revolving AI logo that doesn't revolve oh, yeah. all the way.
3: No, it's yeah, listen. <laughs> uh, that, like I said, uh, all all praise to all praise to the designers. Just amazing stuff.
0: It really pulled off that GeoCities AOL feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. it looks good.
3: Brought
1: me back.
0: Brought you back. Yeah. Brought the nineties. Right
1: yep. <laughs> the nineties are alive and well. <laughs>
0: So go check that out. Where can people find out more about uh, about you and what you're doing at PAX? And, uh, I mean, I'm sure people already know about pennyarcade.com. but
3: Yeah, yeah you can sure. always go to, East, you can go to east.paxsite.com uh, to check out the schedule, see where uh, I'll be hanging out. Of course, penny-arcade.com is where you can find my comics and podcasts and video shows, uh, twitch.tv forward slash pennyarcade uh, for the streams. I, I'm, I'm doing stuff, guys. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, doing you're a lot. On, and you're on the twitters too.
3: Oh yeah, I tweet constantly at @tychobrahe.com Web. Uh, dot net. I got them all.
0: <laughs> brahe. See, I w- I said Brahe when I think bra-he. I was. No, I,
3: I I think I actually pronounced it incorrectly. Oh. oh. I think I, I think it's actually technically just Bra.
0: Oh. Like kind of ca- like a like a Californian. Yeah,
3: What's exactly. Up, exactly. It's in that tier.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna say that way from now on. I think. That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll still answer to it. Sweet. All right. Well,
3: we'll see you later. Bra. Bra. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Have Jerry. Yeah. Bye, bye. Uh, bye.
0: That I just love talking to Jerry. He's. Uh, uh, I, I didn't really tell him, but I was a little bit of a fanboy back. In I the, was a little. Back in the early aughts of uh, uh, for Penny Arcade. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I actually. St- I still am. Oddly enough. I mean, maybe I'll divulge this here, but I think that's the reason why I, uh, I'm i doing what I'm doing now. What? I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah, because I was I was uh, a fan of Penny Arcade, the dot coms, and then I saw that they he had written an article in The Escapist, <gasps> okay. uh, like issue one, oh. and I said like, hey, I want to write for The Escapist, and that started everything. Oh, no way. To where I am now. Seriously? Pretty much. Mm. Yeah. So, Tip of the hat to you sir if you're well, listening to this outro. Jerry, Thank you for that. So
1: Jerry is responsible for you and being
0: here. Oh, I guess that's a bad thing. Now you know. Well. All right. Well, okay. give him a talking to. Maybe
1: he when will. you see him next Maybe and I will.
0: podcast with him next. Shelly, where can people find out about all the wonderful things you're doing for Avalon Hill oh and other god, stuff? Oh my god, we're
1: doing something so fun for Avalon Hill. But we can't talk about it. We can but sing it's about super it. Super fun. So fun, Ryan. If Don't look it, at me like that. If
0: you put it in a musical form, you can't get sued.
1: Oh, is that the rule? It's a rule. Okay. Yeah. I can't get fired. I can't wait to talk about it. But anyway, mm, follow me on Twitter at Shelly Moo.
0: Where do they follow Avalon Hill?
1: Avalon Hill is also on Twitter and on Facebook um, at Avalon Hill 2. And on Facebook, it's Avalon Hill Games. Come join us. Check it out. The party.
0: Yeah. Avalon Hill you might know from uh, Betrayal, which Betrayal we are Betrayal and House
1: on the Hill board game and the expansion, which yeah. Jerry was a contributor of, but Widow's they... Walk. He wrote a really fun, awesome haunt, as did uh, 49 other, not 49 other, there's 50 haunts in it, but written by various authors. Right,
0: because some of them collaborated yeah. and, and right. worked together.
1: And some wrote multiple.
0: That um, is so amazing. It is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of good stuff uh, coming. Soon from Avalon Hill. Nice. You're going to be very excited. I can't wait. I know you are. I can't wait to I see know all a, of you
0: are. You know, we should invite you on as a as a guest to talk about.
1: It. Oh, I would love to.
0: <laughs> Consider this an invitation I'll for you to here. join us. I
1: can't wait. You can I'm interview gonna, yourself. I'm going to talk about it so much.
0: Oh, you know what we should do? We should uh, uh, pre-record all the questions for you, but mm-hmm. you're saying them in. Uh, that would
1: be the weirdest.
0: Either Bert or in uh, 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 C-3PO's voice. Tell
1: us about. Your new game. <laughs> oh, well.
0: And then you're like, My well. new
1: I... game is fantastic.
0: See? She's got the skills to pay the bills. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. All right. What so about well, you? I'm at Greg Tito uh, on the Twitters. You mm-hmm, can follow me mm-hmm. there. Uh, you can also find out all about Dungeons & Dragons at DungeonsAndDragons.com. Uh, that is the website. Uh, you can also check out Dragon Plus. Yes. Uh, it's our app on Android as well as the iTunes oh, store. The issue that's out now. Yeah,
1: the, the cats. Kitties. The cute kitties. Oh, my God. That's so good.
0: It's inspiration issue. Adam Lee, one of our story team, uh, did amazing uh, work talking about these cats, uh, why he was inspired by this artist uh, and that's on the cover. So check it out. Uh, very cool. Basically, it's so cats cool. as uh, D&D classes and characters. Yep, it's amazing. Um, and it, it, sounds, it is as amazing as it sounds. Yep. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yep. You'll love it. Everybody who sees it is always like... They make yes. that sound. Yes. Even though that sounded like a horrified dying no, dinosaur really sound. But they were, yeah. That was good.
1: It was good. Yeah. All right, cool. I felt the
0: emotion. Go check that out. All right. Um, uh, did we mention ratings and reviews at the top of this? Why don't we do it again?
1: You're really big on that. If
0: on the electric, uh, electronic iTunes, uh, give us some, some, some ratings and some construction feedback for things that we can do. All those stuff uh, just helps more people know about this podcast and about Dungeons & Dragons in general. So it's... Definitely a good thing to throw out it there. It
1: really helps Ryan the most.
0: It really helps Ryan the most because he reads us all the reviews. Yeah. Uh, he
1: le- Like mean tweets. Kind
0: of like mean tweets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love it.
1: Guess what they said about you. All right.
0: We got to do a whole episode on mean tweets. Your impressions
1: suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's awesome. I keep working on it. All right. Well, we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Love is a strong word. We like you.
1: Oh, I'm I'm, I'm in.
0: You're in? Yeah. All right. Well, we I leave. love. <laughs> I love. We open up our hearts. <laughs> for you.